those who help in Christ has found and would in works of love unbound shows what deeds is delight and should be done as good and right and keeps their wickedness in bounds Jesus had for refuge flee, who from the curse has set us free, and humbly worship at his throne, saved by his grace through faith alone. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. is the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them, and I pray thee of thy boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this short confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Sing to the Lord a new song, Alleluia, for he has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations, Alleluia. His right hand and his holy arm hath worked salvation for him. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Sing to the Lord a new song, Alleluia, for he has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. Alleluia. Mercy upon us, Christ to God on high. We praise Thee, we bless Thee, we worship Thee, we glorify Thee, we give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory. O Lord God,
Let us pray. O God, you make the minds of your faithful people to be of one will. Grant that we may love what you have commanded and desire what you promise. And among the many changes of this world, our hearts may be fixed where true joy are found. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament lesson for this cantate, the fifth Sunday of Easter, is written in the 12th chapter of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the first verse. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to the Lord, for, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, and that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let it, it be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. The epistle lesson is written in the first chapter of St. James's epistle, beginning at the 16th verse. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. This is the word of the Lord. The right hand of the Lord exalts, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Alleluia. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Alleluia. Hallelujah. 
Holy Gospel is written in the 16th chapter of St. John, beginning at the 5th verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot now bear them. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I say, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Speak to thee, O Christ. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In these chapters of St. John's Gospel, the Lord prepares his disciples for that which is to come. His death upon the cross, his resurrection from the dead, and his ascension into heaven. As he gathers with his closest followers in the upper room on that night of the Last Supper, he readies them for the events to take place. Last week, we heard in our gospel lesson the Lord's warning of the days of sorrow that were to come, but also of the joy that would be there, a joy that would not be taken from them, a joy that is ours this day in Christ. This week, though, we actually step back a little bit in the words of Jesus that night. We go just before our gospel lesson for last week. Before speaking of joy and sorrow, our Lord tells his disciples of the coming spirit, the one who would be given to them when Jesus goes back to him who sent him, that is, back to the Father. It is then to these events that the church turns her attention in the coming weeks. On the 13th of May, the church will remember and celebrate the Feast of the Ascension. When we remember and meditate upon the ascension of our Lord into heaven, to sit at the right hand of the Father. As our high priest, making intercession on our behalf, leading the church on this earth, and who will return on the last day. At the end of this month, we will celebrate the Feast of Pentecost as we remember the pouring out of the Spirit on the faithful as the fulfillment of the promise made to them even before our Lord's crucifixion. And so it is that in our lesson today, the Lord begins to turn the disciples' attention to that which would take place at the Ascension and on Pentecost. And in a way, the church does the same. They were previously not ready for that which was going to happen. But as the days come nearer, the Son prepares for the work that he had come to do. And as he was going back to the Father, he gave to his disciples the promise of the coming Spirit. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. 
For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You can just imagine the thoughts in the disciples' heads that night when they hear the words, it is to your advantage that I go away. Confusion that must have been there. How could it be to their advantage? How could it be a good thing that Jesus would leave them? It's the very one that called them out of their former lives. The one whom they followed for these many years. Who taught them. Who spoke as one who had authority. The one who could cast out demons. Heal the sick. Feed a crowd with just a few loaves and a few tiny fish. The one who could even raise the dead. And here he was, saying to them, it is to your advantage that I go away. No, I don't expect they got it at that moment. I don't think they understood exactly what Jesus was saying to them there and then. In these waning hours before Jesus would be arrested, beaten, and crucified, the disciples really weren't going to fully understand what was taking place. Really, we can't blame them. At this point, they did not have the Spirit that which they would receive after Christ's ascension. It's why it's advantageous that he leave them, that he go back to the Father. If I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. But in that moment, there in that room, before the events of Holy Week, before the 40 days after the resurrection, before the ascension and finally Pentecost. They didn't get it. They didn't fully understand. And it is so often that during the trials and sufferings in this life that the Lord sees us through. We just don't get it. While we are in them, we don't fully understand what's going on. It's not until after that our eyes are open to that which the Lord had been doing throughout it all. It's not until after that we fully realize how we have been strengthened in faith, grown in character, and endurance and hope, that in these the Lord has not only seen us through, 
but has strengthened us forth. Has increased in us faith and hope in him. As we look to that blessed day when we will be with him. When we look not to this world, but to the age to come. Spirit truly strengthens us through the life-giving word of God and the holy and precious sacraments of Christ that by them we might be built up in faith toward God and in fervent love toward one another, equipped for every good work which the Lord God has given us to do. Yes, it is the work of the Spirit in the disciples and truly in all the faithful of all the ages that Jesus can say to them, it is an advantage that he goes back to the Father. And he gives to them that day two reasons pointed out in our text. First, toward the world. And second, for the disciples themselves. We'll look this morning first towards the second one, action. Jesus says to his disciples, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Jesus admits that there are things his disciples do not fully understand at that time. But they will. When the Spirit is poured out upon them, he will guide them into all truth. He will show them that which Jesus had been saying to them. The Spirit bears witness to the truth, as John attests in his first epistle. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. This is what the Spirit bears witness to. That which was given to him by the Son, which was given by the Father. For it is not something the Spirit bears witness to of himself. The Spirit is not running around and making prophecies and healing and pointing to himself. But rather he points us to Christ, to his cross, and to his resurrection from the dead. If one says he comes in the Spirit, but points rather to his own works and powers, he is not of the Spirit. As Jesus said, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. There's a reason Jesus incorporates the entire Trinity here. Father, Son, and Spirit. For it is the will of the entire Trinity that you be saved. That in Christ there would be salvation. 
by his death and resurrection. The Spirit shall glorify the Son, pointing to his death and resurrection, creating faith in the heart of the believer that we might ever cling to the truth that in Christ's death, we have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. This is the will of the Trinity. All of them together bringing about our salvation. So that as we come to this place, strengthened by the Spirit and the true knowledge of the forgiveness of sins and the blessed hope of the resurrection. Now then, we turn to that second work of the Spirit. That which is towards the world. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The Spirit bears witness to the world concerning the person and work of Jesus. He bears witness to the sinful nature which resides in all mankind, that we are poor, miserable sinners. He points the world toward the only hope of salvation found in Christ alone. And he testified that in Christ, the devil has now been crushed. The ruler of this world now destroyed. Christ has the victory and now stands as Lord of heaven and earth who will come again to judge the living and the dead. The Spirit does this work through the church. His church on this earth is now the instrument by work by which God sees this word proclaimed. As the church proclaims the whole counsel of God throughout the ages, the Spirit works through word and sacrament to bring about repentance in the heart of the believer, to create faith which clings to the blessed promises of God. And so the Spirit sends the, the church out into the world. We sit here in these pews on a Sunday morning, but we do not circle the wagons, come in upon ourselves, pull away from the world around us. Rather, we go out into the community in which we have been placed. Engage in discourse and discussion with those around, having gathered around word and sacrament to receive that most precious gifts of God. We then go out in our vocation, bearing witness to the truth which we now carry with us. Through the church, through the word of God, the Spirit convicts the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment that all men might come to believe. As the Lord prepared for Holy Week, he pointed his disciples to the promised Holy Spirit, their helper and comfort. By this one, they would be guided into all truth. A truth handed down through the ages in the words of, Holy of the Holy Scripture, bearing witness to the person and work of Jesus. The Spirit poured out upon the faithful now in the waters of holy baptism, 
that we might continue in this truth upon the sure foundation of the prophets and apostles. And so it is that now in the coming weeks, the church begins the turn towards our Lord's ascension and the coming spirit. The advantageous gift given to us by the Father and the Son, who bears witness to the truth to us and to the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Welcome everybody here this morning and, and those who are watching remotely as well. Um, we have a few um, uh, announcements to make. Uh, one, we want to thank uh, Mary McKnight for your work with us this morning. Uh, we really appreciate you being here for both services. Uh, we very, very much appreciate you um, helping guide us today from the organ bench. Also, we'd like to um, just remind everybody, too, that the sausage dinner, the last uh, day is today. And I just want to thank personally, Pastor and myself, want to thank personally everybody that's worked that worked so far to help make it possible. And also, we, um, you know, those who are still going to work today, we thank you for your labor. Uh, the, uh, the meals go to support the youth program, which does not have a budget, a budget line item. So that's whatever we make today is what we make for the youth. And that's, that's just it. So we appreciate it. We really do. Also, uh, May 15th, there will be a reception. That's Saturday, May 15th. At 6 p.m., there will be a reception for Pastor Lehman and his family to sort of wish them well uh, as they depart uh, Fairhope and move uh, over to Jonesboro, Arkansas, where his next uh, chapter in the Holy Ministry will be. And we really appreciate uh, him very much. And so everyone's invited to that and asked to bring a dish or a side, a side dish or a dessert. Also, swaddling clothes is po postponed next Saturday, May 8th, uh, due to arts and crafts. And there are several other announcements, too, that you can, you can see as well. Also, Stanley Lacey, our seminarian, he has received a divine call to go to a uh, parish in, in West Virginia, Clarksburg, West Virginia, which is in the English district. So uh, you can look him up on the, on the uh, seminary website and uh, find more about that, about him there and we wish him the best as well. Also, we have a couple of prayer requests this morning. One is for Bonnie Davis, who is the grandmother of Jessica Cole. She is at Providence Hospital and is slated for surgery Monday and is not doing well. Uh, also, Pam and Tom Warsham uh, asked that we pray for their friend, uh, Johnny Sullivan, who was recently diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Lord be with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord for the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of Christendom. Let us pray to the Lord for this holy house and for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer here their worship and, pray and praise. Let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. For our nation and all our people, for our president and Congress, our governor and legislature, our judges and magistrates, and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, especially we pray for Bob and Jackie and Marga, for Eddie and Norma, for Kim and Suzette and Bill and Sandra, for Barbara and Chris, for Gail and Therese, for Marion and Clayton, Meredith and James, for George and Larry Dean and Earl, Suzette and Bob, Mallory and Mark, Jennings and Hank and Sandy and Megan, for Isaac and Haley and Stella and Marilyn, for Patty and Cecil, Michelle and Carl, Karen and Jimmy, 
Bertina and Ainsley, Richard and Kevin, for Colleen and Ron, Mary Ellen and Brian, for Natalie and Thelma, Jesse and Ralph, for Theo and Easton, Janice and Doug, for Fallon and Colby, Jamie and Audra and Francis. We also pray for the families of our parish who mourn, especially the Gibbons family, the Miles family, the Ellis family, the Smith family, the Overy family, the Parsons and Neyland families, the Nice and Barbie families, and the Tryon family. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for those who are serving in our country's armed forces, especially Paul Turner, Paul Hayden, Mike. And we pray for all of our university students, including, including Colleen and Griffin, Noah and Harrison, for John and Katie, Dylan and Audra, for Dylan and Roslyn, Sarah, Olivia, Jason, Jacob, Minnie, uh, Emma, and Carly. We also uh, give thanks that, uh, for, for the graduation of Griffin uh, Pacey from Auburn University, and also we, we also give thanks for the, the call for Stanley Lacey as well. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith, the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope. And in the communion of Christ's church, let us pray to the Lord. Recalling those who've gone before us in the faith and rejoicing to share with them the Sabbath rest, which Christ has won for his people, that together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we pray especially for, for Johnny and we pray for Bonnie as well, both of which are very, very sick. We pray that you'd watch over them now and that you would heal them of their, of their infirmities if that, by, if that be your will. If not, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would prepare them both so that they might be, know the salvation by grace through faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly me, trite and salutary that we should all times and all places give thanks unto thee. O Lord, Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. But chiefly are we bound to praise thee for the glorious resurrection of thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. For he was the very Paschal Lamb which was offered for us, and hath taken away the sins of the world, who by his death hath destroyed death, and by his rising to life again, hath restored unto us everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, 
We laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying. Sabbath, mendeth our 